actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. When Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. You remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. And try that's in December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck? Hi, it's me, Jennifer Wan. I come to you this week, um incredibly depressed because my great love Kate McKinnon has left Saturday Night Live and I don't really know how I'm supposed to carry on but I'm trying I'm trying so here we are uh, maybe shouting at the government will make me feel better let's hope so uh this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business and I know I say this all the time but I really mean it this week there is a lot going on like a lot so I don't even know what to do with it, honestly, truly. Um, so get comfy, grab a snack, grab a drink, and let's talk some shit. Once again, Partygate is in the news. Why? Well, because the police investigation into Partygate has finished. Um... So that's the end of that chapter until we move on to the next stunning development in this ongoing scandal, of course. Um, so there have apparently been 126 fines issued throughout the investigation. Um, apparently, apparently, Boris Johnson has not received any more fines, which is a bit confusing um, because the Metropolitan Police investigated a number of other illegal gatherings that he was definitely at, and yet he didn't receive a fine for them. So you kind of have to ask yourself, well, why? I mean, the answer to me is pretty simple. The Met ain't shit, but, you know... On a more general scale, you have to be like, mm, this seems... <laughs> okay, girl. Um, one of the things I saw being discussed a lot um, was the idea that this investigation will give the public the impression that Boris Johnson is treated differently um, because of his wealth and his privilege um but i mean we already knew that so i it, it was funny seeing journalists discuss this amongst themselves and say it as if it's not a thing that people already believe because it's true you know like it is true you can look at boris johnson and you can see so many examples of him being treated differently in life from just uh, a number of different places, you know, giving him special treatment because of his wealth, because of who he is, because of, you know, nepotism and and 
class privilege and all that shit. Like, it's all very obvious. This is a man who, frankly, should be nowhere near power, should not have had the career that he's had. I mean, (laughs) if you look at his writing, for example, I mean, this was a man that was paid a, a hell of a lot of money to write on a regular basis. Um... It's all shit. It's really actually, on a technical level, bad. And yet he was paid tons of cash for it. Why? Nepotism. He didn't deserve that opportunity. He didn't deserve the rewards he got from that opportunity. But he got them anyway. Why? Because he is treated differently as a wealthy man with connections. Um, You look at stuff like... uh, the the investigation that was happening a a while back now um after the police were called to Carrie's flat this was before they got married and before he was prime minister um there was an altercation neighbors were able to record it and you know from everything that we found out about it Boris was was the one causing the altercation and Carrie seemed genuinely distressed and that went away that just went the fuck away why do you think that was because i'll tell you this um if it was for example a a black man or a, a white man that didn't have the means and connections of boris johnson who was very loudly being asked to leave his girlfriend's flat causing an altercation causing a lot of trouble the police would not have given them a chance they would have just gone in there and probably beaten the shit out of them before even asking their name but Boris Johnson just gets away with it because of course he does so you know the idea that (laughs) the idea that the public is um is new to this concept of Boris Johnson having a charmed life because he's Boris Johnson is ludicrous and the idea that we're under a false impression that the Metropolitan Police will treat wealthy people, people in positions of privilege, people with family connections better than the rest of us. That's not that's not a false impression. That's just real life. That's reality. We are seeing reality. So I, I did find that kind of uh, fucking interesting. And you can see that in the way that this investigation has turned out. Um, so... People like Boris Johnson were not given further fines. They were just given one, which was essentially a token fine when you think about it. However, there were junior members of staff who are earning a lot less than him, probably have way less in terms of connections and privilege. I mean, you know, these are, you know, regular people. They're not Boris Johnson. So, you know, and the, the people lower down who probably didn't plan these events, who probably had no real hand in the whole thing and just turned up they were given multiple fines um which is quite obviously unfair when you consider that they probably weren't in charge of of planning things and so on and so forth but they were given multiple fines over someone like Boris Johnson who only got the one um and he probably only got that just so the Met could say oh look see we're not treating him special even though they blatantly are um so you know you can see the the effects of privilege playing out right in front of you and there's there are still some people who are like oh well I don't know I don't know about that well 
real life is here and you've got to look at it i'm sorry um so it's oh, where do we go from here i mean dominic robb the justice secretary he said that mistakes were made in downing street um no <laughs> no you don't get hundreds of fines out of a situation and call it a mistake, mate. That there's some deliberate shit going down. Don't even. Don't fucking even. Um, we're still waiting for the the full Sue Gray report. Uh, it was reported this week in the Telegraph that Sue Gray was demanding to be able to name the leaders, the people who were integral in the planning of these parties and integral in the rule breaking. Um, will she do that? I don't know, because it was then revealed by Sam Coates at Sky News that there was a private meeting between Sue Gray and Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, to discuss the handling of the Partygate report. So, that's a bit fucking suspicious, isn't it? That is a bit fucking suspicious, isn't it? Um, I mean, look. <laughs> I, I wonder whether, whether there is going to be pressure on her to go a little easy on him. Although even if she didn't, it wouldn't matter because Boris Johnson is the most shameless bitch to ever shamelessly bitch. So, you know, even if she wrote a report and it just said Boris Johnson is a fucking horrible, evil person and he was at all the parties and he didn't pay for none of it, but he ate all the food and drink like a fucking pig and he's a rude person and he was rude to waiters and he was stood up at one of the parties on a table drinking champagne directly from the bottle and was seen shouting fuck the public I'm gonna party because I am that bitch um and then he smacked a civil servant round the head with that bottle and uh, then he started sexually harassing people and then he photocopied his ass on the fucking photocopier thing and then he fucking like broke the swing and then he fell asleep on the floor and the police walked past him several times asleep on the floor covered in wine and cheese like if she wrote all that right and the public are fucking furious and the opposition are furious and even some of his own mps are furious you turn around you look at boris johnson you say to him are you going to resign then we've all seen this there's photos in here as well and there's also a really quite harrowing video um of your antics at one of these many parties are you going to resign and he'd just look at you with a smug fucking smile and he'd say I've apologised and I've been more than clear that mistakes were made, but the British people want me to move on and get on with my job. And that would be the end of it. He would not say anything further. He would not resign. So frankly, to be completely real, it doesn't actually matter what's in the Sue Gray report, to be completely honest. Like, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm trashing people's delusions here. Um... I too once held these delusions just for a little while because I needed something to take the edge off. 
But no matter what is in this report, Boris Johnson is not going to do the decent thing because he's not capable of it. He just can't. He just... He just can't, Colin, you know what I mean? And it's just it's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah. Maybe she's being lent on, who even knows? But to be quite frank, I don't, I don't think that there will be any change to what happens regardless, to be honest. Uh, Downing Street did admit that Sue Gray met with the Prime Minister... Um, they are claiming that she didn't show him the report um, and that the Prime Minister wants it to be completely independent. Um, that sounds fake, but okay. Um, <laughs> that sounds fake to me. Like, I'm sorry. Um, I, w I would love for Sue Gray to release just like this scathing fucking angry report like get mad girl live your best life but I just even if she did I don't think it's going to change anything and that makes me depressed so I may have to wander around in the hopes that I get ambushed by a cake because it might cheer me up I feel like this weekend um twitter just became extra unhinged um i'm not really sure why but they did um so i saw this hashtag trending on saturday night and i was confused as fuck because i had no idea what it was talking about like I was like, what is this? So I clicked on it thinking, you know, oh, is this like a TV show? Is it a movie? Is it an album? What the fuck is this? Um, so the hashtag was the Balmoral Hotel incident. And I was like, okay. Um, right. Uh... <laughs> So I click on it, I start going through, and there was a lot of people asking what it was about, and I'm thinking, well, I'm never going to find out. I am never going to know. What the fuck? And then it became clear to me what everything was about. And this is what I'm talking about when I say Twitter got fucking unhinged. Um, basically, <laughs> it was um, a small group of right-wing accounts trying to make a fan fiction rumour happen. Um, they were trying to push this idea that allegedly, and I'm going to throw in a lot of allegedly's here, um, firstly, because I don't want to get sued, and secondly, because it's not true. Um, <laughs> like, I'm pretty fucking confident in that. Um, so their story, their little fucking fan fiction was that they believed, so stupid, they believed that Nicola Sturgeon 
is allegedly, apparently, according to their weird, twisted little minds, she is a secret lesbian. Um, now, see, that was the part I knew this couldn't be true because I would never be that lucky. Um, but she was, she's, according to these people, she's a secret lesbian and she's been having an affair with a, a lady from France and they have a secret love nest that they bought apparently from Andy Murray's mum, Judy Murray. And they had a, a, a row because uh, allegedly, apparently, they're a very passionate couple and Nicola Sturgeon threw an iron at her in a place called the Balmoral Hotel, right? It's it's as stupid as it sounds, you know. I, I just... <laughs> so basically what's happened is a whole bunch of, like, dude bros have made this up in their heads and then tried to make it a thing on social media. They've got all of these fucking conspiracies in their heads. They decided to vocalise it. And they were talking about, oh, well, you won't see it in the papers because there's a super injunction. Um, except for the fact that super injunctions aren't really valid under Scott's law, which is, you know, there have been previous super injunction stories that have been reported by Scottish newspapers because they can. So are you telling me that Scottish newspapers that could, if if this was a thing, which it's not, but if there, you know, if it was a thing and there was a super injunction, are you telling me that Scottish newspapers who had the power to ignore that and just print it anyway, would just let a story about the first minister of their country in a huge scandal they just let that pass them by they don't want are you telling me that newspapers don't want to sell newspapers no more you're telling me a big scandal falls into their lap and they think oh well there's a super injunction that's completely irrelevant to the country that we publish in uh and we could technically publish this if we'd like to um oh but we better leave it because there's a super injunction that doesn't even count in this country fuck off fuck off uh, but the whole thing, um, it seems to me to be they're trying to throw this out there to try and attack her because they're fragile and they're terrified of her. So <laughs> they're like, oh, let's make up a scary, horrible rumour. And I guess the worst thing that they could think of for her to be that would terrify people was a scary lesbian. Um we're not scary. I mean, I am, but, you know, that that's because I, I, I live in a little house by the woods and I do witchcraft sometimes. Um, but I mean, it's always good stuff. You know, I, I'm not doing anything bad with it that you guys know of. No, I'm kidding. But like, you know, in their minds, that's the scariest thing a woman could be you know, apart from in political power and doing things they don't like. So they're like, oh, well, she's a horrible, scary, terrifying lesbian. And she's also in a secret relationship with somebody who's in the European Union to add to the scare factor. And she's got an iron. Like, it's, I mean, come the fuck on, really? Really? Really, boys? I, mm, sad cringe. Um... So that was a thing, you know. 
is Nicola Sturgeon a secret lesbian? I'm going to say no. I, I don't think so. Um, it just, go on, make it make sense. <laughs> make it make fucking sense. Oh my God. Um, it just seems to be a bunch of fragile little men that are terrified of her who have decided that this is what they're going to do with their weekends. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. Um, so what else has been going on this week? Well, um, <laughs> Volunteer police officers in England um, are apparently going to be armed with taser stun guns. Because that's not terrifying at all, is it? That's, that's fine. It's all going to be fucking fine. No, it's not. Look, we can't even trust, like, full-time paid police officers with tasers we're just gonna give randoms off the street who volunteer a taser as well i don't think so that sounds absolutely unhinged um speaking of absolutely unhinged uh jamie oliver uh who is a celebrity chef um apparently he he runs some restaurants or something and he had a TV show. I don't, I don't know who this man is. Um, <laughs> like, sorry, babe. I don't, I don't, I don't know her. Um, uh, but he is very angry with the government. Um, because he wanted for the government to ban, um, fast food advertisements and, two-for-one deals on unhealthy foods in supermarkets and the government said that they were going to do it but have now delayed those bans and Jamie Oliver is really fucking annoyed about it and so he turned up at Downing Street with <laughs> go with eaten mess puddings i think it's something like meringue and strawberry i think and there's some cream involved i don't i don't know girl something like that i do love a good meringue though i'm not gonna lie um but yeah he turned up with a bunch of them for a little protest um outside of downing street and he was fuming fucking yelling and shit it's obviously not changed anything um but he gave it a go so fair play i guess um there are a number of people that have pointed out that perhaps you know removing two for one deals that could push down the cost of shopping during a cost of living crisis is perhaps not the best idea um even if the food that would be purchased is unhealthy and i i do kind of i see both I see both perspectives here, you know, I understand why Jamie Oliver is is talking about this and he wants for it to be made easier for healthy food to be purchased. Although what I will say is that banning advertisements and banning two-for-one deals on unhealthy food doesn't really help anything unless you're making healthy food less expensive, which isn't super possible considering the costs that go into making it i mean i look i'm not i'm not a celebrity chef obviously and i'm not like a nutrition person 
expert thing. But what I will say, and this is my very basic understanding of it, from what I know, um, unhealthy food tends to be cheaper because it, it costs less to make. Um, because of lot, uh, I think the word is processed or something like that, you know, whereas like healthier stuff costs more because there's more work that goes into it. And so it costs more to buy and things like that. Um, so just banning or, or trying to restrict access to unhealthy food is only one half of the battle. You need to do a lot more work to make healthy food more accessible. Um, I mean, healthy food tastes nice that's not the issue but it's more expensive and we're in a cost of living crisis so can people afford it who knows um in many cases probably not um oh my god i i'm not thinking about broccoli i want broccoli <laughs> i fucking love broccoli it's great it's my favorite vegetable it's an icon anyway um so yeah but I do, I do completely see other people's side of of the, the the debate here, in that there are people who are struggling, a lot with the cost of living crisis, and even if they are eating unhealthily, the priority is that they eat, and I I I'm not trying to be rude to Jamie Oliver, but he does not strike me as someone that is going to have to think about the cost of living crisis all that much. He is a very wealthy man. Um, you know, he can, he can take time off from whatever it is he does during the day to just turn up outside of fucking Downing Street with puddings. Um, and apparently he doesn't have to worry about the money he's going to miss when he's not working. So that says a lot really. Um, speaking of things that say a lot, mm. uh, <laughs> It turns out, despite Boris Johnson and the rest of the cabinet repeatedly saying that the public are really happy with him and they love him and it's all good, that's not true. Um, polling this week was released by the group Best for Britain, which showed that Boris Johnson would be set to lose his seat at the next election. So as it all turns out, maybe people aren't that into him. Um, however, is this going to change their minds? Boris the movie. Boris goes Hollywood. <laughs> it's actually called none of those things. But there is a movie being made that will contain a character of of Boris Johnson. It's called uh, This England. Uh, and there were some stills released from it this week. Um, I was shocked and appalled. <laughs> um, so... The film is I don't I don't know when it's gonna be released. Um the makeup that they've done um is is very good. Whoever did the uh wigs for this did a really good job because they have absolutely captured Boris Johnson's horrifying hair. They really got his face nailed as well. Uh let me let me look up. Kenneth, um, I don't know how to pronounce his second name. I'm really sorry. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce nobody's name, but you know this. Uh, Branna? I'm just going to guess and say it's that. Uh, sorry, King. Oh, my God. He's an Oscar winner. And here's me out here. Oh, I'm so sorry, babe. He was married to Emma Thompson? Wow. Wow. Anyway, why would you let her go? My God. Um. Anyway, uh... <laughs> 
So he's playing Boris Johnson. And he, he looks nothing like him in real life. So they've done a really good job with this makeup. Wow. Wow. The girl who's playing Carrie Johnson looks really like her. But I there's no indication of who the actress is. So I can't tell if the same thing has happened. But she looks really like her as well. Um... I might go and see this film. I don't know whenever it comes out. I, I, I will take any excuse to go to the cinema and this is as good as any. So perhaps I will. Uh, will this film endear Boris to the public again and fix the broken relationship? Who even knows? I fucking hope not. Um, Matt Hancock. Speaking of broken relationships, it's midlife crisis Matt. Uh, he tweeted this week, um, I'm delighted to have been invited to the US this week to talk about why the UK should be the home of financial innovation. We must understand and harness the potential of new technologies like crypto, not fear and avoid their disruptive force. Okay. He's really leaning into the midlife crisis bingo here. I mean, he's turning up to events way too young for him. He's having an affair, uh, leaving his wife and kids for some other person, getting full on into cryptocurrency. Uh, God. Just, just buy a car and end this stop this go back to being normal and acting your age for goodness sake i've had enough um things i've also had enough of nadine doris the culture secretary um she has had quite a week um she was speaking at the uh, culture digital media and sport select committee and my god <laughs> my god so she was asked by smp mp john nicholson um how many respondents to the consultation about the privatization of channel four were in support of privatizing channel four now she said that it was 96 percent of people that were in support of the privatization of channel four it turns out that's not true at all um it was <laughs> It was 96% of people that were in opposition. They opposed it. They didn't want it. So I mean, we have a culture secretary that, that she just she can't even understand very basic things when they're told to her, apparently. Um, I don't even I don't even know what to say to that. Um, and I didn't know what to say to this either. She was talking about Netflix. Um, now, Netflix have been very, very clear for a very, very long time that you should not be sharing your account with other people unless you have purchased the um, the extra package where you can watch on like more than one screen or whatever. I've never done that because if someone asked for my Netflix, I'd be like, bitch, buy your own. Um, so... <laughs> I'm not out here breaking Netflix's terms of service, but Nadine Doris is. Uh, she was talking about Netflix and she said, there are four other people who can use my Netflix in different parts of the country. Am I not supposed to do that? No, Nadine, you're not. You're not supposed to do that. 
that's against the terms and conditions of Netflix. And you have just admitted that publicly during a select committee. Girl, what the fuck? Girl! <laughs> Girl, what is this? What is going on with you? At this point, I am convinced that Nadine Doris is is an actress or a comedian or something playing the role of a member of parliament and the culture secretary in some kind of elaborate, ridiculous, um, satirical production. Um, because I cannot believe that she is real. Like, I just, I can't. I, I, I can't accept that or I will literally lose my mind. Like, I just, I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Some some great insight, once again, into the twisted mind of Nadine Doris. Um, speaking of twisted and quite revolting, if you ask me, the government has rejected recommendations from the Grenfell Tower Inquiry on evacuation from buildings. Um, so... The Grenfell Inquiry has made a number of recommendations following the horrific Grenfell Tower disaster in which a number of people were injured or killed after a block of flats um, caught fire and burnt very quickly. Um, it was a, a horrific event because it became very obvious that the people that lived there had been failed so many times by so many people that should have helped them. Um, a number of people who lived in the tower had reached out for help before because they knew that something like that could happen and nobody listened to them. Um, and so now we've had, we're having an inquiry, you know, and the government has promised, yes, 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 we'll listen, we'll do whatever you want. And now they're, they're just they're just not. Um, so the Home Office has said that it will not require owners of high rise buildings to prepare evacuation plans or make arrangements for disabled residents to escape. So it's just for mask off blatant ableism then, you know. They're just openly saying, you know, if someone's disabled they're on their own. We will not make it a requirement for people to have any kind of plan or structure in place to help them in the event something like this happens again. It, it, I mean, what do you even say to that? What do you even say? What, what do you say? I mean, <laughs> they, they just, they don't care. They just, they don't care. I mean, I know that... I know that the government just not caring about anybody, but particularly disabled people. I know that that's nothing new. I'm aware of that. But it still just stops me every time. Just because it's... It just doesn't make sense in my brain. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like... But why? Why don't you care? How how can you exist 
in the world and not care about the people around you? What's wrong with you? Why are you like this? And how did we get to the point where you're making decisions about the rest of us? What the fuck? Very that, very that. Um, but of course, this is not this is not a new thing, and it goes back. Um, the contaminated blood inquiry is ongoing at the moment, um, and there were a number of shocking and horrifying moments to come out of that this week. Um, including information that the government pressured victims of the scandal who had been given infected blood, um, infected with uh, HIV. The government pressured them to accept payouts and to not seek any kind of further investigation or further help, which is horrifying. I mean, these are people who, who again, who who are so badly failed. And then on top of that, they have their own government bullying them, intimidating them. Um, it was also revealed by a former health minister that the government, the government was wrong to say that the risk of HIV and AIDS to haemophiliacs was very small. Um, this is the government directly admitting fault, in a sense. The, the AIDS crisis was a, a huge failure by the UK government anyway, um, because in a lot of ways, they were very obvious that they didn't care. There were people getting sick, there were people dying, and they didn't care. Um, that's why... That's why there were protest groups at the time who were trying to get the UK government, as well as around the world, there are a number of protest groups around the world as well doing the same trying to get some kind of help, some kind of support. Um, but because a, a large number of the victims were seen as people the government didn't care about, well, they didn't care, so, so they didn't do anything. Um, and then with the infected blood scandal that came later, um, it really does seem like the, the government at the time just wanted it to go away. And so... What we end up with is a number of people who who needed help, they needed support, they needed kindness and compassion from their government, and they were failed again and again and again. And this is a repeated pattern that we're seeing. And you, you have to ask yourself, well, who, who do they think they are? You know, they can, they can just leave people to die. Who the fuck do they think they are? They can try and shut people up when they try and talk about what's happening to them. And they can try and make it go away. Why? Why do they think that they should be able to do that? 
you know? And then you look back at stuff like, like the Grenfell Tower disaster. And, and the government at the time could have done more before that happened to try and stop it from happening, uh, to try and make sure it didn't happen. And they could have done more after to make sure it, it never happens again. And they can't even do that. They can't even do the very basics of prevention because they don't care, because they don't have that empathy for the people. And at that point, a government is a lost cause. If they can't even look at the people and care, they're a lost cause, to be quite frank. Like, it's just, there's there's no other way to put it. There just isn't. Um, but it is what it is that's what we're dealing with and it's hard to take it in but it's what we're facing it's what we're up against um speaking of things that we're up against brexit still casts a shadow across all of our lives um especially lorry drivers so queues for lorry drivers at Dover are incredibly difficult they are there for a very long time just waiting to get through and so Kent County Council has agreed a six-month contract worth £180,000 with a group called React Disaster Response so that this charity can deliver help and support and, and essentially aid to these truck drivers. Things have gotten so bad that we're having to bring in charities who who will who will go to these lorry drivers to, to give them stuff like food and, and water and shit like that. I mean Jesus Christ I don't even know what to say about that. I But apparently we're still not allowed to, to say, you know, maybe Brexit was a bad idea. Um, because, you know, we've, we've, we've got to get behind Boris. Hashtag back Boris. Hashtag back Brexit. Yada, yada, yada. Um, because that's the world we live in now. Um, and you know who's living there with us? Do you know who's there? Fucking just milling around being a danger um a former conservative party candidate in preston who was literally running earlier this month a man named john t campbell and he tweeted this at the weekend here's the thing with girls 22 or under they smell massively different to a girl of 28 Girls 16 to, say, 23 have this creamy, buttery, slightly sweet smell that is unbelievably magnetic. Put it in jail. Put it in fucking jail. What the fuck is that? Put it in jail. Put it in... Check its hard drives. Put it in jail. Oh, my God. Fucking get Shane Brannigan round there. What the fucking hell is that? 
bitch Watts. Oh, God. And I guess, actually, this this takes us, unfortunately, quite uh, smoothly into our next segment. I'll be back in one second where we're going to be talking about, unfortunately, uh, yet another um, scandal involving harassment, abuse and just general disgusting behavior um what i will say i'm just going to give you a little a little warning here like i try to do whenever i can to make sure that nobody uh sort of stumbles into something that they aren't ready to hear um in the next segment i am going to be talking about sexual abuse rape um child sexual abuse enabling of abuse um and grooming so if that's difficult for you no judgment at all um i'll put timestamps in the description so you can skip past it if you need to okay i feel really frustrated that this kind of story is becoming such a common occurrence. And I don't mean that in the sense that I'm frustrated that that victims are, are being able to come forward because I'm, I'm, I don't mean it like that. Like, I'm proud of anyone that is able to stand up and talk about what has happened to them um, always. And I'm not frustrated that the press are covering it. Again, I'm happy about that because it means that they care about the victims and they want to try and get something done and again I'm happy about that but my frustration comes from the fact that the regularity of these stories um I I don't I don't remember a time period before when there were so many in such a short amount of time and it just really makes it clear and obvious how um how poorly selection is being done um in terms of candidates but also how obvious it is that there is a lot of enabling going on here because I'm sorry, but there is no way that this could happen at the hands of so many people to so many victims without other people being aware. Like, I just I just don't find that to be true. Um, so it makes it honestly, it makes me angry that there are people who are getting away with this for as long as they are. It makes me really legitimately upset. Um so this week there was uh, a breaking news story that a conservative member of parliament had been arrested over rape and sexual assault allegations with the crimes alleging to be having taken place over a seven year period um 
there have been a lot of people trying to guess who this was. Um, I'm not going to do that on this show. I'm not going to speculate as to who it is. Um, I've seen quite a lot of people naming certain individuals um, and claiming to have you know, sources that have given them all of the information and yada, yada, yada. Um, that may be true. It may also be attention-seeking nonsense. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that I do not want to use my platform to potentially endanger a victim's case. I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to. Um... But there was there were some people that were treating this as if it was like a fun little game and forgetting that there was a real person that had been hurt, that had been abused, that that was involved in this. And I found that upsetting, to be honest. Um so the the allegations cover a period between 2002 and 2009. Um, it has been reported that... that one of the victims was a teenager when this Member of Parliament met them. There are more details out there about the victim but I'm not going to say because because honestly like I worry that it could potentially out them and I don't want that because uh, you know somebody who comes forward somebody who's a victim they deserve to have anonymity for as long as they want it so I don't I don't want to you know, put down a bunch of puzzle pieces. All I will say is that it's claimed they're a teenager when they met this member of parliament, which adds an extra layer of horror to this, really. Um, so it was reported that the Conservative Party chief whip asked the member of parliament to stay at home um, while the investigation was going on. And so Michael Fabricant, in his typical classy fucking style, decided to take to Twitter and he said this. I am expecting a strong turnout of Conservative MPs at Prime Minister's questions today, not only to demonstrate their strong support for hashtag Boris, but also to prove they are not the one told by the chief whip to stay at home. I'll be there. And then he's posted a little like emoji with like... The emoji's winking and it's got its tongue out as if this is fucking funny. Um, gross. I often find myself disgusted by Michael Fabricant, um, but this was next level. Like, Jesus Christ. Apparently, Conservative Party Whip spoke to Michael Fabricant about the tweet um, and told him that it was inappropriate. I'd say it's more than that, but okay. Um... There was also reports over the weekend. Um, I had a, I had a bit of difficulty with this one. Like I, I can't lie, 
because I I couldn't really tell if they were talking about the member of parliament that had been arrested earlier in the week or if this was somebody else that allegations had been made about because there was stuff in the report about other members of parliament knowing that this person had done this and urging them to hand themselves into the police and I was thinking well um <laughs> is this the same guy as before because he's already with the police like I don't know um so either we've got somebody who has committed a multitude of crimes and is only currently being looked at for some of them and there could be more on the way or it is potentially somebody else um within the conservative party i'm i'm not too sure uh but there was a, a report in the mirror about a conservative member of parliament who was facing allegations that he had spiked the drinks of a number of people um including conservative mps and labor mps as well um Is this shit funny, Michael Fabricant? People being drugged and being abused when they're vulnerable. Is that funny to you? Because, like, here's the thing. And I know I'm probably sounding like I'm singling him out. But you know what? Fuck it, he deserves it. This shit is not funny. This is terrifying. You know, it's somebody going around, spiking people's drinks, abusing them when they're unconscious. That is fucking terrifying. That is one of the worst things that can happen to a person. And we have a, a, an MP that is apparently doing this to, to multiple people. That is horrible. Absolutely disgusting. Um, and when we're talking about this kind of thing happening, members of parliament doing this, this kind of thing happening at Westminster... Someone like Michael Fabricant, he just turns it into a joke. He wants to be a fucking clown. He thinks it's funny. It's not funny. This is not fucking funny. This is horrifying. I... I cannot imagine... I, I just... I can't understand... How how someone could how how someone does this i don't i don't get it like it's it's disgusting it's it's absolutely disgusting and this is this is what we have we're we're in a situation now where you know you you literally don't know if the person that is supposed to be representing your community is supposed to be the person that you can turn to for help, um, you don't know if if they're a sexual predator or not. That's that's where we are. And, you know, I'm sure that there are many members of parliament that would never dream of doing this. Um, they would never dream of assaulting somebody, drugging somebody, raping somebody. And good for them, congratulations. But you don't get a cookie for being a decent human being. Um, we still need to address the fact that there are a number of members of parliament that apparently do feel completely comfortable with this. Because 
just looking at what we've had over the last few months, we've had a member of parliament arrested for rape. We've had a member of parliament convicted of abusing a child. And we're going to go back into that in a second because something has happened with that as well that I want to talk about. Um, we've had a member of parliament taking drugs, forcibly touching a young woman who had already asked him to leave. Charlie Elphick, let's not forget him, convicted, imprisoned, When, when, when does it fucking end? How have we reached a point where there are so many people involved in this? And, you know, some people will say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not that many. It's not that many. But it is. Because the correct number of how many people it should be in the House of Commons that are, you know, the correct number should be zero. There should be none of them doing this. We, we heard a couple of weeks ago that there was over 50 people, over 50 members of parliament who were facing allegations of some kind of sexual misconduct. I've just remembered, top of my head, I forgot him before because there's so fucking many of them. Mr. Fucking, I'm going to watch porn in my workplace. You remember him? There we are. How is this happening? How? It's terrifying. It really, really is. And... And and there seems to be this belief that, that it's okay. Because if, if that belief wasn't there, why does it keep happening? Do you know what I mean? I just... Drugging people. Drugging people and abusing them when they're unconscious. They can't... They can't do anything to stop you. That It's one of the most revolting things. There are apparently four, four men that have come forward to say that they believe that they have had their drinks spiked by this Member of Parliament. That is... It's disgusting. It's absolutely horrible. Um... And what I will say, actually, real quick, the the way that things are it is often the case that um, men feel a lot of difficulty coming forward about any kind of abuse that they have faced, um, particularly sexual abuse. Um, so with this case in particular, it may be that there, there could be other people who have also had this experience, but they don't feel able to come forward because a lot of the time when men come forward, I mean, when women come forward, uh, there is also a lot of, you know, kind of victim blaming and a lack of belief. But um, with with men specifically, um, it is kind of very deeply ingrained that it's it's 
impossible for a man to be sexually abused. So a lot of the time, men will just not come forward at all because they don't see a point in it. Um, so it could be that there there could be more people who are being stopped by the 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 societal treatment of victims of abuse and that's that's another reason why we need to do something about this because it's enabling abusers you know and i just and enabling abusers crispin blunt who previously made headlines for putting up an absolutely disgusting revolting insane statement in which he defended imran khan who had recently been convicted of sexual offences against a child. Um, and Crispin Blunt defended him and tried to make it into an LGBT rights issue. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing, bitch? Um, and he did eventually take it down and apologise. Um, but he's now decided that actually he doesn't want to apologize and he's changed his fucking mind and he's sticking by what he said before so he was making an appearance um on bbc politics southeast and he once again once again described the conviction of Imran Khan as a serious miscarriage of justice. And he claimed that Imran Khan did not get a fair trial. If Imran Khan was not Crispin Blunt's friend, he would not be defending him. Like, it's that simple. He wouldn't. If he was just some guy... Crispin Blunt would not be out here like, well, actually, um, I think maybe you've got it all wrong. Like, he wouldn't be doing that. He wouldn't be doing that. But he's willing to do it for his friend. He is willing to do it, even though the courts will have proven, they will have proven that Imran Khan sexually assaulted a child. And there could be some people walking around here talking as if a 15 year old boy is not a child yes he fucking is a 15 year old is a child that's it end of story no discussion no debate there are some people and they want to play semantics when it comes to children and they want to act as if sometimes there are justifiable reasons to abuse kids and i'm here to tell you there isn't, there never is, there never was, there ain't never gonna be, there is no reason to abuse kids, not ever, for nobody, so shut the fuck up, Crispin Blunt, Crispin Blunt is, is enabling this, <laughs> does he really think that his, his words, what he's saying, what he's doing, his defence of this man who was found guilty of sexually assaulting a child, does he think that, that it just exists in a vacuum? Does he think it's never going to have any other ramifications? I mean, it obviously is. It obviously is. Um, like, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. People that abuse kids, right, 
they will look for any excuse to justify themselves. They are all going to be citing him now. They're going to be saying, oh, well, you know, I'm just like that guy from the UK. And look, here's a member of parliament openly saying that he didn't get a fair trial. I didn't either. Oh, yeah, it was really terrible. Oh, yeah, when I got caught, it was a miscarriage of justice too. So you should let me near kids now. Like, you think that's not going to happen, bitch? Because it is. It is. These are people that are depraved enough to abuse children. You think they're not depraved enough to use your lies and your delusion to try and justify themselves getting back into life and being their children again? <sighs> Delusional man. Delusional fucking disgusting man. Um, Crispin Blunt said, I remain confident Khan will win his appeal and I will be distressed about our justice system if he doesn't. Well, so you're going to be distressed that a man that abused a child isn't going to get away with it. That's going to distress you. Sick. Disgusting. Absolutely revolting man. Absolutely disgusting. And the fact that he repeatedly tries to drag LGBT Muslims into this as if they are not constantly targeted enough as it is. They don't need to be dragged into your delusions and latched on to this disgusting man. They don't need that. Leave them alone, crisp and blunt. Leave LGBT Muslims the fuck alone and shut the fuck up. Once again, the cost of living crisis is still hammering the public. It is ongoing, never going to stop. Because as it all turns out, when your government doesn't do anything to help, nobody else comes to your rescue. Um... So Ruth Jones, a Labour MP, said this uh, to Rishi Sunak this week. She said, my inbox is full of emails from anxious families unable to pay their bills. What does the Chancellor think this says about the last 12 years of Conservative government? And Rishi Sunak replied with, the single best way to fight poverty is to have a plan for jobs and our plan is working. Bitch, where? Bitch, where? Let's talk about, let's talk about people in full-time work who are also living in poverty. Let's talk about that, Rishi. Uh, this week, it was announced that there are some NHS hospitals across England that are setting up food banks and emergency loans for their staff who are struggling to feed their families. Tell me, again, how working is the best route out of poverty, Rishi, because it doesn't look like it is. We have NHS staff who are having to go to a food bank set up by the National Health Service because they can't afford to live. They can't afford to feed their families, to heat their homes. And you're, you're telling me, you're fucking telling me that, oh, well, the single best way to fight poverty is to have a plan for jobs. Well, your plan is not working. It's just not. Um, so Rachel McLean, Conservative Minister, she said that people just need to work more hours and that, that will fix the, the cost of living. Or maybe they need to try and get another job, a better job, um, which is, 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 is nonsense. It's just nonsense because honestly, 
firstly, where are we supposed to get these amazing, well-paid, awesome jobs from? Where are they coming from? I'd like to know, um, because this is a government that has enabled businesses to screw people over, to pay them as little as possible. So where where are all these incredible, well-paying, low-stress jobs? Where are they? Where are they? Nobody fucking knows. It's a mystery. So Liz Truss was actually asked about what Rachel McLean said by Kay Burley at Sky News. Um, Liz Truss said... That's a mischaracterization of what she said. And Kay Burley said, how is it a mischaracterization when she told me this twice? Liz Truss then admitted that she hadn't actually seen the interview. So we've got a, a government that are just telling people, oh, just, just go and get another job. Just, just work some more hours. I know you're working like 40 hours a week, but fuck it. Just, just chuck a couple more on top of that and you'll be fine. It'll all be fine. Um... And then when people get pissed off at them for saying that to us, the government will turn around and lie and try and pretend that's not what they said. It's... It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous and they know it's ludicrous, but they don't care. Because they don't care about us. They don't care what happens to us. Fucking Rishi Sunak, he's spending thousands heating up swimming pools and shit. Boris Johnson is is taking money from donors and shit to wallpaper his flat or whatever, living his best life. All all of them that probably got fines, they they probably just oh it's fifty quid, no problem, no worries. For some people, fifty quid is all they can afford to spend on shopping for a month. That 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 is the difference between their lives and our lives, and it's stark. It's a stark difference because. They don't get it and they don't care to get it. They don't care. But tell you who does care. <laughs> uh, she was trending on Twitter all week because people were... Frankly, I, 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 think, I think the reason that she trended, and not just because she's a, a great speaker and very beautiful, but also because it was fucking nice to have someone talking and, and not, not lying like the government do. And... <laughs> And just just talking about the truth, telling the truth and just saying, yeah, this is this is fucking happening. It's fucking horrible. I mean, she she didn't say fuck once. Um, That would have been great if she did. But anyway, <laughs> I'm talking about Mary Black. She gave a, an amazing speech. Um, She was talking about the government's failures on the cost of living, the fact that they won't close tax loopholes so that rich bitches can stay rich. Um, they won't do a windfall tax so we can earn some revenue so that the government can actually help us. Because the government keeps saying, oh, but we're poor too. We don't have anything. And then the opposition are like, well, you can, you can do a windfall tax and get some fucking money. Take it off of all these big businesses that don't actually need it and are just literally rolling around on the floor in money. You could take some of that money in tax revenue and give it back to the people. And the government are like, I don't know about that, mate. I don't know. I just, I, I got a lot of things I need to do today. I don't think I'm going to get round to it. And it's bullshit. And she was calling that out and I love that for her. Um, she also talked about the uh, insane plan to end the Human Rights Act. Um, and talked about the government's uh, continued march into fascism. And the whole time, I was literally sitting there, I was like, yes, girl, drag them, 
tell that shit. Say it, girl. Love that for you. Um, it was a really refreshing moment in a desert of absolute shit. Um, but now I gotta tell you something depressing again because we're living in depressing times, and I'm so sorry. Um, there was a story this week. It absolutely destroyed me. It made me so sad. There are children who are suffering food poisoning because their parents are having to switch off fridges and freezers overnight because they cannot afford the energy bills to keep them on during the night. There, There is a food bank in Cornwall that has spoken about this. Oh my God. Um, their chief executive also said, people are telling us that they're skipping meals so they can feed their children. They are turning off essential appliances so they can afford internet access for their kids to do their homework. How can this be right in a society like ours? That is the question I ask myself all the time. That is the, the question that goes round my head every single day. I remember when I was a when I was a kid and I kind of gained this awareness that my mum was was doing that my mum would say oh I had dinner while you guys were at school and when I was very young I, I just accepted it I was like okay when I kind of became a teenager and I'm thinking no she didn't she oh my god she did not have dinner when we were at school she's not eating because she she can't she can't afford to feed all of us oh my god and my greatest wish beyond being a poet laureate and also being able to come out was that for future generations no parent would have to make that choice you know what i mean particularly mine you know obviously <laughs> where to be all successful so i could buy my mum a house or something or like a really big shop or something i don't know <laughs> But, you know, I, I really deeply wanted for for things to get better so that nobody would ever have to do that ever again. Because, because why should they? How, how do we, how do we reach a point where that's a thing that's happening? You know, um, it is relentlessly depressing. And... I, th I think about it so often. I really, really do. I'll, I'll just be trying to get through life myself. And I'm, you know, <laughs> we're all struggling in our own ways. And I'm just trying to get through. And then sometimes I'll literally just out of nowhere, just think about it and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it just, it makes me so sad. And again, I don't understand how that's not happening you know, at Downing Street or on the Tory benches, how is it that they can go through life and not think about those people? How, especially as they have the power to help them. Me, I, I can, I can donate if I've got, you know, stuff, which I'm doing. Um, I can, I can be there for people, but I can't make significant changes. I can't change, um, I can't change things in the way that the government can. So I don't understand how it's not even worse for them. Like I don't, like I just, I just don't. Like 
<laughs> I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how their minds are working. I, I don't get it. And frankly, I don't think that I want to get it. I don't think that I want to be the kind of person that can hear about, you know, parents going hungry to be able to feed their kids and be okay with that. I don't want to be the kind of person that can hear about parents having to turn off the fridges and the freezers at night because they, they just they just can't afford to power them overnight and be able to live with it. I, I don't want to be that person because to me, that person is too far gone. They are they are destroyed. They are broken as a person. They have no empathy. I don't want to be that person. Not ever. So maybe in a way, I'm grateful that I don't understand their perspective. I, I don't want that to be me. Not ever. I am not out here fucking living that fucking Scrooge life. That will never be me. Even if one day I become like super successful and shit. I don't want to be like that. No. Uh-uh. I do not want to be the kind of girl that Charles Dickens could write about. No, thank you. No, ma'am. Um... But Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, he has this week made his debut on the Sunday Times Rich List, which says it all, doesn't it? So he ends up on a list of fucking rich bitches. Meanwhile, on his watch, there are people that, that literally can't, can't feed themselves because they've got no money and they've got no hope of being able to earn enough to take care of the rent, the bills, food. Because that's the thing. People will say, oh, get a job, work more hours. The cost of literally everything's going up. Rent, um, you know, utility bills. <laughs> There's only so many hours in a day. And you can only work so many hours before you just, you collapse. Then you've got someone like Rishi Sunak who doesn't appear to work very hard at all. And here he is on the fucking Sunday Times rich list. Because that's the thing we need to be making lists of, you know. <laughs> fucking rich, out-of-touch weirdos. That's that's what we need to be collecting up, of course. Um, and it was uh, reported in The Independent this week that Rishi Sunak has spent half a million pounds of taxpayer money on focus groups... Um, to repair his image. So Rishi Sunak says that there's no money to help with the cost of living crisis. There's no money to help with how absolutely catastrophically people's bills are going up. There's, there's no money to help freezing pensioners in their homes who can't afford to put the heating on can only afford one meal a day there's nothing to help them there's nothing to help struggling parents who are having to make the choice to go without food so that they can feed their kids there's nothing for them there's nothing for nhs workers who are literally saving lives on a daily basis but not taking up not taking home enough money to be able to feed themselves and their families without having to go to a food bank there's no money for any of that but there is money so that Rishi can talk to focus groups and say, why don't people like me? Maybe they don't like you because you're not doing anything to fucking help people, you absolute sociopath. Jesus Christ. 
you've wasted your money mate i can tell you why people don't like you and i can tell you how to fix it people don't like you because you don't care about what's happening because you are watching people suffer and saying oh well there's nothing that i can do that's why they don't like you how do you fix this use the powers that you have to give money to the people fucking stimulus checks fucking raising benefit rates fucking i mean come on man it's not a hard it's not you didn't need to spend half a million quid on a focus group you just had to look outside of your fucking ivory tower and see what people are going through that's it it's very simple but you're a very stupid man so I guess to you, it all seems so complicated. I mean, maybe that's how, maybe that's how the conservatives are getting through this and, and living with themselves after doing this to people because they're just saying, oh, it's very complicated. Even though it's not complicated at all, they'll say that because it's easier than admitting that they are directly harming people and don't care. Okay, besties, that's all for this week. But I will catch you again next week with a new episode. Um, until then, if you enjoyed this, uh, please consider giving us a positive review or rating on wherever you're listening to this. And I will see you again next time. Love you, bye. going on with this whole politics business and the stuff about me paddleboarding nonsense the sea was actually closed it was a, a red notice when kermit the frog kermit the frog sang it's not easy being green you remember that one russia should go away should shut up in try that's that's a dodgy view i don't know if you've been to pepper pig world who's been to pads i've been to pepper pig world in December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck?